Hello and welcome to the preview as we build up our coverage towards Celtic's trip to Ibrox to take on Rangers in what will be a very interesting uh, game. We've got the wonderful, the magnificent, we've got Christian Wolf here. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm well, Christopher. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Very good. Uh because this is going out on the first, isn't it? Yes, it is, and we are definitely recording it on the first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's not mention that hips game. No, Jesus. Um, uh, obviously, you know Celtic uh, going to Ibrox uh, New Year game. Lots of excitement. Lots of change around around them and how you know new manager and stuff. First question I want to ask you: mm-hmm. Are you worried? Well, I don't think I'm more worried than usual. In, in a sense that this is will be a tough game, you know. It'll, well, I think so anyway. <laughs> it'll, it'll be even, but I don't want to cut the podcast short. And nothing I've really seen in the three games I've watched on the Beal so far is scary in any way. But I mean, there was a DR of a level that they can't hurt Celtic. But there's nothing, you know. Those three games I've seen hasn't been over impressive in any way. Doesn't mean it might not be tough, but no, I'm not like you. Don't look at that and go, Ooh. yeah. So, uh, no, uh, not not unusual. Um, is this a good time? Uh, this is a hard. Uh, it's very similar question, but at the same time, I, I think there's kind of logic behind it. Is this a is this a good time to face them? We obviously faced them last year in February because we had different our break, and then there was a kind of mm. delay and stuff. But is this a better time to face them four five games into his reign than it would be fifteen? Depends how the rain go. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. I think from a tactical perspective, I was like, I guess this is what we'll dive into. It's, there's, there's lots of things, there's a few set things, but there's also lots of different things being tried out, it seems. And there is, there's not a, and it, I don't, I think it's, you know, it's clear that what the, some of the things they're trying to do is not like just haphazard, but I don't think any of this is really clicking yet. And I think there's an element of also, does he have the players he needs to hurt Celtic specifically in, in the way he maybe ideally wants to play? And I, I don't really think so. So I don't think it's a bad time to play them at all. In that sense, I think it's good. Having had a few games under the belt after the break is, is just as good for Celtic as it is for for them. And so, and even though he's been there before, this is it is quite a different squad. And he's he relies on certain players. So we get back to them in terms of what he needs to do and what he's asking them to do. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's. I'd, I'd rather meet Rangers now than the first game after the World Cup break because I think it's it's just as much, if he, even more about what Celtic is going to do than what Rangers can do. Yeah, and I think it's, it's Celtic's getting up to speed, so that's you know the main thing. Uh, just before we kind of look at it from a tactical and you know uh, the break it down in, in different ways, um, him himself, right? You know, football managers come in and they come in with a certain. Sometimes they come in with a level of gravitas. You know, sometimes you know Ange came in and he was kind of firefighting, not through his own fault, but just through you know perceptions and stuff, of course. Um, and he built up a reputation over a number of weeks. Um, but when Ange came in, for example, there was a lot of kind of. Um, you know, negative coverage of him, right? But he held himself really, really well. He was smart in what he did and how he said it. Um, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. But when I when I see Beal and uh, this the the small interviews I've seen him, he does come across like he's just reaching and grabbing. This is his first kind of big management job. He's obviously at QPR. There's not as much pressure there and stuff. But I, you know, when he came out the other day and he said about you know we're at, we're actually only three points behind. Yeah. You know, it's David Brent stuff. I, 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 if I was a Rangers fan, obviously that would be horrific. But oh, I would be yeah. looking at it. I think I would see pretty clearly through what he's trying to do. Thank you. The, the comparison to Ange is, you know, the, the difference there is obvious. One has experience of doing this. Another one, this is his, it's only his second job in charge, but it's only his first season in charge of a team. Yeah. And... <laughs> for all 
you know, this ranger's job is it comes with a huge pressure and it comes with in, in this microclimate that is, is a bit bad of doing it. So uh, it's it's not a great place to learn on the job because everything is under scrutiny and it's, I feel like, maybe because we're Celtic fans, we all feel this, but it, it seems like being torn between trying to pander so much to certain elements of the, the support as well in terms of, you know, like the whole suiting and everything. And I see all that kind of stuff. And it feels to me you do that to, in a way, cover up. You're not quite comfortable with who you are as a manager. Yeah. And you think, okay, I'm going to do these things because that's what fans want. It's not something, you know, it's, it, it, it's, I think grasping is kind of a good thing because he's finding his feet. You know, there's probably things he's saying now he wouldn't say if, you know, five, six, seven years down the line. And I think Ange is, wherever you, you think of Ange's persona and the statements he comes out with, like, we love it usually. And other people might bring people back, but it's him. He knows exactly what he wants. He's completely comfortable in who he is. And he doesn't really hand it to anybody. But what he thinks is best. And I think that's what you get with Beale. He's, he's flapping all over the stuff like that. The thing about the, the points behind and the rations. And it's like, there's probably like a logic in there somewhere. And if, you know, because over, because you have these four Derby games, they're really important. And, and the other part of that is like a not losing point against the other ones. And that, you know, that that's a logical way of looking at it. But you have to be able, if you can't articulate that properly, you just sound like an idiot. Right? Which he does. And it's just so... And so I think it's, he's, you know, it's this step up. I, I think he's, you know, tactically and all that, I think he's, he's got a plan and he's, he's, you know, he's, he's probably, if you want to call him ideas man and stuff like that. But there's so much else that comes with being a manager, right? And there's yeah. that outwards persona. It's, it's the public's perception. It's the man management. And it's one thing to sit and, do your do your tactics or, 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 or kind of have an influence on that when you're not the figurehead. There's another difference of there's so much more that comes with the, the head coach or manager role and everything that comes with that. So yeah, it's I mean it's not maybe another good time to to play them because he's he is fresh into this and this is going to be his first big game in charge as well. So um so. Uh, I kind of don't know how he's going to set up tactically because he feels to me like a guy who will have thought about this a lot. And he might be, I don't know if he's, is he trusting his style of play or is he going to try and come up with something quote unquote clever because this is the first big game, you know, he's not as tactical. Whereas Ange, we kind of know how, how Ange is going to play. He's very clear on that. He's done it for years. He's got a set a principle, a little bit of flexibility in there. But this is somebody who's experienced knows who he is, knows what his tactical plan is, and know what he wants his team to execute. Whereas somebody who's just inexperienced, he's got lots of tactical ideas, but this is his first really big matchup as that. So, yeah, overall, I think it's a decent time to play. Um, in regards to that idea of getting, is there a chance he could get stuck with what he wants to do and what he thinks he should do? That sort of kind of, kind of where, you know, that in-between idea of, maybe trying to make something together out of two ideas when in reality you should probably just stick to one of them. One of them is just time. Like you, you do need time to, to get your system across. You do need, if there's players in there that don't really fit it, you need a couple of windows, even though he was there last, you know, a bit over a year ago, he will have a certain style. So, and as you say, Ange was just full on. Ange is confident in that. And Rangers has obviously played, they tried out a certain things so far. But the thing is, it's difficult to see how Bale is set up this thing because they haven't played in Europe under him yet. They haven't faced Celtic under him yet. So uh, I, I'm really uncertain how he'll set up. And that's why you, you, you do wonder whether he'll try and do something he thinks the squad is ready for, but doesn't really suit him. Or does he go with what he wants to do completely? Um, but I think he's he's the kind of manager who will have put a lot, a lot of thought into this. Um, essentially, because we, we talked about someone like Martindale, right? And he's got a tactical outlook. But he is, in essence, 
he is limited what he can do yeah. against Celtic because of his quality of his players. Whereas Martindale might have a clue on how to beat Celtic, but you know, with the player gap, it's limited. So all tactical options are not really realistically available to someone like Martindale. And that's the difference with, with Beal, like because the, the gap is in player quality is, is less. So he's got more tactical options to try and to hurt Celtic. So I, I think with that, I get kind of get a feeling he will tinker a bit and try and come up with a really smart plan rather than just playing how he would normally. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about his tactical outlook because obviously, you know, he's played what uh, he's played a number of games. Uh, he, there's a decent sample size, but when he's came up against, you know, I've watched I watched the Hibs game and the Aberdeen game. You would call them, even though Hibs are kind of floundering a little bit, you'd call them both kind of top six sides. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ross County and Motherwell, you wouldn't necessarily consider them top six sides, although they have been up and down, right? Get that. But you'd call them, you'd call Hibs and Aberdeen top six clubs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Aberdeen game specifically, you know, he, how they get away with that, I, I don't know. And even the Hibs game, um, uh, top, top, we can get to the, those specific games because I know you've watched them, but tactical outlook, talk me through Beals' the process. Um. Well, I, I guess we can. I guess the way to do this is kind of break it up in two parts. So, Rangers in attack, yeah. which we've we've seen more of, obviously, so far. Uh, because even with the teams they have and, and, and Rangers in defence, and, and I think first of all, Aberdeen game was really poor, just a tactical setup anyway. But I think what you'll get when Celtics and you know, Celtic is facing ranges and ranges in possession. Um, I think the back, in terms just of lineup wise, the back four seems sorted. Um, and then the front six, you're looking at, I think players like Tillman, Kent, Kamara, and Sakala, you know, will start. And then you have probably two players from Lindstrom. I think Lindstrom will start as well. There's probably one from Jack Arfield and Murray else. Mm-hmm. But when I say one from Jack Arfield or else, that kind of give you a clue on the different kind of setups he's, he's been doing. With. So, but if we break it down, okay, so when Rangers have the ball, what have we seen so far on, on, on the bail? And I think the first thing you, you'll see is that the fullbacks provide the width, right? So most often in games, they only have one player on that vertical down line down the wing. And it's the fullbacks. They provide the width. So this is always the difference to Celtic, whereas the wingers who start wide, they provide the width, and then you know it's more the fullbacks that come in. This is you know, this is what we saw in the Beal and, and Gerard as well. Divine and Tav- Taver- Tavernier will be the wide players, and there will hardly any other wide players on the pitch. It'll be those two. Right. So that's the first thing you, you look at and stay straight away, okay, we're back to beat ball. <laughs> you know, doing that. So, so why do you only put the fullbacks wide? And this is the other kind of key point, I guess, especially Rangers on the on the Beal and Gerard. It's about dominating the center of the pitch, yeah. right? Both offensively and defensively. So you have, if you exclude the fullbacks and the center backs, you have six more players in attack. And then it comes back to how are they they structured? Because Celtic has a very clear structure there. They have a number six, then they have two number eights. And then they have the wingers and a striker. Like, so it's like a one, two, three setup. And Celtic and the fullbacks, you know, sometimes the fullbacks are wide, sometimes they're inverted, but you kind of know what you get with Celtic in terms of that. You get one striker, you get two wingers, you get two numbers, you get number six. Ranges so far, the fullbacks are set. They play the way they play, high and wide. The rest so far has been very fluid. You've kind of seen different variations of a three, two, one of those six players. Uh, a kind of a one-two pivot with then two attacking midfielders and the strikers. But what you also often come, come back to is like some sort of variation on a two-two-two two, two in those six players. And they're all kind of in the middle of the pitch. So you get two deeper center midfielders, two attacking midfielders, and then two players who are more like strikers, the two higher up. So it's, but there's three lines of two, right? If you add the center backs, essentially you get four lines of two and then the fullbacks wide. So that it, it, it's it's a lot of flexibility within that, but that's essentially what you're getting: two fullbacks wide all the time, 
nobody else really wide, like they go out to the half spaces and the support of wingers a bit sort, but you have more these staggered lines of one, usually two players on each line, right? So it might be easier in terms of those players. It might be easier to talk about that structure in terms of who the players are in it and what they do. And I think that's two players you will is kind of key to that is, is Ryan Kent and then Tillman. So when you see kind of lineups from the Rangers games, you often Kent will be nominally the left winger. But on the Beal, like it was on the Gerard as well, he's definitely a lot more central. And he wonders a lot, Ryan Kent. He'll sometimes he'll come quite deep, sometimes he'll come all the way on the right hand side. But he's mostly in the middle of the pitch and almost what's a free roll, right? So you have so he's he's no longer a, a winger in any sense. He might come out and support Divine on, on the left hand side a little bit. But overall, he is in that space between the central midfielders and the attackers all the time. And the other one is is Tillman. So obviously, like you can kind of sometimes you can sometimes you can describe this range setup as a as a four three three. And in that four to three, Tillman is nominally in that midfield three as, as a number eight, as a number eight. But again, he's someone who's a lot more free and attacking. So he's he's often like in the ten space behind the striker, but maybe he's mostly in the, like the right half space. So whereas him and Kent wanders a lot, you kind of have Kent in the left half space and Tillman in the right half space. So they're they're very often that line of two. Behind the strikers, but in front of the central midfielders. Can, can I jump? It kind of sounds like our number eights. It, in a way, but I think there's there's then often two central midfielders behind them, so it's more kind of like a, a square yeah. rather than a triangle. If that makes sense, and, and it's not a bad comparison because it, essentially those two players wanders a lot, but Kent wanders from the left wing space. Tillman wonders from the central midspace. So they end up kind of being high number eights, as you say. So, but the difference is that you have two two midfielders behind it uh, as well. Um, So, essentially, what you end up with, you saw this in hips a lot, is that you have these four lines of two players, and they're very often structured right in the middle. So, you have the two center backs, and then against hips, for example, you had Jack and Kamara in the next line. And then you had Kent and Tillman in front of them. And then you had Morales and Sakala and the front line. I guess it comes back to this. You put your fullbacks out, out wide to create width. And then you have these four banks of two players. And it might not always be exactly on the line at every time point, but roughly you have four lines in the middle of two players to kind of dominate, dominate the space, dominate the ball in those areas and protect it defensively. And they just have a lot of players centrally uh, attacking wise. So, so that's what. So you have that structure. So the Kent and Tillman are smaller attacking midfielders. The front true, front true. The front two um, is interesting because against Hibs, it looked like they're going to line up in a two-three-one, but Sakala was very much just right in the center of the as a striker he was almost more of a striker than Morales was yeah so so whereas you know you have this nominally these two swingers Kent would go inwards Sakala would go up right so against Aberdeen Kent often went high too and obviously against Ross Kante it's only Sakala that the stars Morales doesn't um and but then there was you had an extra midfielder in, in our field coming in as well but the, this uh, this is a bit interesting to see what to do against Celtic. Do they go with Morales and Sakala and make it more of a two? Or do they go with, say, just one of them? And it would be Sakala if it's just one of them because he started. Uh, I think he would start and then add an extra attacking midfielder into that as well. So, but again, it goes into this four vertical lines of two. You have two centre-backs, two central midfielders, two attacking midfielders, and two, two strikers. So, I see that and then the last part of that is that kind of that central two whereas you know Celtic will have the number six the, and have the two attacking midfielders so they're like a one two as we call it one and number six two number eight what Rangers have done so far they've done lots of different things right and I think 
there's obviously the, the sort of a midfield tree with Tillman. He starts with Jack and Kamara against Hibbs, but when Lundstrom is the centre back, and then they do the same against Aberdeen, but Lundstrom comes in that at when they were two one down, and then against Ross County, it's Lundstrom and Kamara in the deepest ones, and, and Jack is out. But Tillman is always there as well. So, again, I think how they'll structure that will a lot depend on who will start. I think Lundstrom and Kamara definitely starts. And then I think it's more a case of, as I said before, Tillman will start, Kent will definitely start, Sakala will start. So I think you'll get them one of the three from Kent, uh, sorry, one of the three from uh, Jack. Arfield and Morelos. And if it's Morelos, it's two strikers on top. It's Lundstrom and Kamara and the two. If it's Jack, which would be interesting because that would be the first time to do three more defensive midfielders in Kamara, Jack and, and uh, Lundstrom, which again would be slightly different and maybe tell you a bit about it. And if it's Arfield, God help us, um, you, you're probably then looking at one striker, but one more attacking midfielder with Kenton Tillman like they did uh, against Ross County. And that'll have, a, I think, a lot to do with the pressing. So uh, I think that'll tell you a lot from the lineup how Beale is going to approach this. Um, if he goes with uh, Lindstrom, Kamara and Jack, that real three sort of defensive midfielders, does that, does that indicate that you'd rather not lose the game rather than, you know, go out to win it? Because ultimately those three players... You know they they have their defensive qualities, but you know you wouldn't really say any of them are really going to create in the final third. I, I think if it did that, it would be for me kind of a sign about how he wants to set up. Like, yeah, they did the pressing essentially, because I think if you had kind of go a bit a bit come to this a bit later, but you have guys like Tillman, who's who's not a great presser, and. If you also don't have Sakala on Sakala and Tillman, you do wonder if he adds a third midfielder kind of instead of like a Morelos type. You won't be able to. You want to to control defensively. Yeah, it's, it's a bit more about how you set up. You still try to win. Yeah, but obviously, if you put Jack Kamara and Lundstrom on. That's different than than either than having say a Morelos or even an Arfield. You can see even if it goes with Arfield, you go. That's that's a lot to do with the press yeah. and the defensive and the work. And I think if you go with Morelos and Sakala, it'll be a bit more open, and it'll be a lot about dominating possession and trying to win. If it doesn't go with Morelos, if it just essentially goes to Sakala on top, Kenton Tillman uh, behind them, and then Arfield or Jack and Lundstrom and, and Kamara. I think it'll be a bit more about the, you know, the pressing side and the defensive side rather than trying to go out and win it. Um, if you were to play Celtic, what would you do? Would you go for the pressing side? Well, this I think it comes back to like how how is that going to work? I mean, the pressing side. Even if you want to jump to that, we can go back to how we want to do attacking a bit later because if you go back to how. Rangers lined up against Celtic in the spring, like uh, uh, under Van Bronckhurst, especially at Ibrox and especially in the Cup semi final. The press was very aggressive. Yeah. Right. And is you, there was some really, it was kind of like a one, three, two. So you had a striker and then you had the three midfielders behind it and then two central behind that again. But it was high up. It was, Aggressive, so if CCB or Hart went to ball, that could run at them, yeah, you know, very aggressively. And then behind that, there was a lot of man marking going on. But the, so there was clear triggers, so that you know, and it, 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 sometimes it works, sometimes it's set to get play through it, you know, there's very even games, but there's a clear plan to be that aggressive. Whereas when Beal was, you know, here last time, especially in the Europe, Rangers weren't. They were high, but they weren't that aggressive in the press. So what they were essentially would do, like imagine the center circle, they would have a, a pyramid uh, kind of around the center circle in the opposition staff with a striker on top and then two kind of inverted wingers to protect that. And then behind that, on the center circle in their half, almost like an inverted pyramid with like the two number eights behind that and then a deeper one. Yeah. Against you have six players defending that. If the ball went out wide, it wasn't often the wingers 
that went out wide. It was the fullback that pushed up and then Callum O'Reilly that pushed out because those inverted wingers were supposed to just control the space. And then if the ball went into the middle, boom, you had lots of players centrally, you could counter. But it was a bit more, I guess, calculated. You know, they, they were waiting for their time to pounce rather than going full out. And you, so you just go back to, go way back to your question. Uh, how would you set up? Well, if you had players like Aribo and Bassi specifically, you could do that really aggressive press from both the front line, Aribo and Bassi, you could jump up and be kind of centre-back jumper. Eventually, you kind of go, maybe you would go with Celtic and push them back because you can, you can keep that intensity and they can't get out. If you now have players like Tillman, who we can get to, it's really not good defensively. And Sakala is not a great, you can run fast, but he's not a great presser either. And then you got Ben Davis as centre-back instead of Bassi. And for all of Bassi's you know, issues in Ajax, yeah. he had an intensity about him, a speed, a strength about him that Davis just don't have. So you kind of go, you would kind of, if you have those kind of players, I, I, and with Bale's kind of record in Europe of sitting and waiting, I always think that it's one of the big questions for me is what, how aggressive they will be in the press. I think overall that the players probably suit being a bit more, a bit more, I almost call it Leipzig in terms of they wait for the right time. They don't go at full pelt and run at you and try to win the ball and create chaos. Just to wait for the time. They kind of hope maybe just to suck you into the middle. And then if you lose the ball in the middle, boom, you got Kenter, you got Tillman there, you got Sakala there and they can, Pounce on you quickly through the middle. So that's probably what you would do. And maybe there's a case of he'll go super aggressive the first 10 minutes. You know, this is the modern equivalent of, of putting a, a reducer tackle now. Yeah. <laughs> he'll press high for 10 minutes and then to see if they can catch Celtic off guard and then kind of, you know, place the mark. And then maybe a bit after you're know, like, they'll let you come out, let Celtic come out a little bit and a bit up the pitch. And then there may be a certain trigger. See if it goes wide to say the right back, they'll swarm the, that side and try and do it. Because in, in a way, there's two thoughts here in the sense of how do you beat Celtic? In a way, you kinda, it kind of makes sense because CCV and like Hart and Starfellas, they're not the greatest on the pressure with the ball. And that's fine enough. But also, the Celtic team is, again, they have a lot of, you know, um, players coming to help you invert the fullbacks. If you can get Celtic a bit out of their own half and get the space behind them and kind of lure them into a trap, say halfway or a bit into your own half and then counter, it might be a bit more effective for Rangers if, if you wanted to set that up. So I'll be really interesting to see what kind of press he chooses here. I think it's funny, you know, um, how kind of the, the troubles that uh, Bassi has had and even Aribo not necessarily playing for Southampton and stuff, but I'm absolutely fucking delighted they're not playing because, you know, those games yeah. you mentioned at the end of last season, those two specifically, Bassi. Even, even someone like Ruth, right? He could press. Yeah. right. He wasn't a great player, but he could press. Kent can't press. Kent is a good presser to, to give like that we insult his, his credit. He is a good presser. Sakala isn't. Tillman isn't. Arfield is pretty effective, but I don't know if he's going to play. So I think, and then as I said, Davis, centre-backs will play a role in that, especially if you go high and aggressive. Like, remember, like, Bastion Rodrik? He was, like, way into Celtic staff, and he was on him the whole time. They don't have that. No. So I, I reckon maybe they'll go first five, ten minutes, I'll just, just try and catch them off guard, but then sit back a bit. I think that's, with the players he has, that's probably like the smartest option, I reckon. Uh, so talk us through what else you're thinking. So just back when Rangers have the ball, right? So there's there's a couple of things. You've talked about the four lines of, of two, right? And it's all about you know, Kent will wonder, Tillman will wonder. What you'll see a lot. So you, Jack did this, did this a little bit against Hibs, but Lundstrom does this all the time against Ross County. Essentially, he would... It, 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 he played us, you know, uh, part of the two in midfield. He would drop between the centre backs so often, right? And then basically the centre backs would split out. So the centre backs would go really wide, and then you'll have a back three, but there kind of be a trigger for the full backs to push off really wide. So this is like a, a, a clear thing in terms of the build up. It happened again and again. 
Lindstrom falls, splits the center backs. And then with the way they set up against Ross County, almost both fullbacks would then go up wide because you essentially got a back tree now. And then you'd have both Tillman and Kamara up in each half space and then Arfield and Kent. So you've actually, the Lundstrom falling down, you had this almost a square box of four midfielders sitting in the center of the fence. You have the two fullbacks really wide and then Sakala uh, more in the middle. So that, that was a clear thing that they tried to do again and again. So I, I do wonder if that is a way that we'll try and against Celtic as well. Instead of having the two centre-backs build up a lot, if Lundstrom drops, push the full-backs out wide and then put four players basically bang in the middle of the centre of the pitch and do that. So something to the lot against Ross County. And you can see against Celtic's press will obviously presume again there'll be two at the front and then a bank of four behind them. So if you drop your centre midfielder down to make a tree, obviously then it's you know you, you got a spare man essentially uh, against two as uh, Celtic um, depressor. So I'd be interested to see if they try that and, and how that would work because then you could place two central midfielders on Celtic's like it'll be McGregor and Hatate probably in in the central midfield, but then you have a, another two central midfielders around that as well, maybe behind them. So it'd be interesting to see if that's something to try in the build-up to kind of, again, get more players than Celtic in, in the middle of the pitch. Because then do what does, essentially, you then pose a question of Celtic, what do you do with your wingers? Like, if you have three at the back and then two, 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 do you get your fullbacks and wingers to, to tuck in um, and, and, and sitting in that block? Um do you keep your fullbacks goals wide? Do they pin Celtics fullbacks and so on? So I'm interested to see if you see Lundstrom falling down into a tree and they try to build up and kind of tease Celtic out that way and, and then try and play through them. See, see that see that dropping back? Sorry to interrupt, Christian, but see that dropping back like you're describing there? It sounds like what we used to do with Scott Brown. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It is. I, sometimes I don't, you know, it, at that point with Brian, it's like that felt redundant to me because yeah. he wasn't doing anything else than what the centre backs were doing. But I think Beal, I'd like to give him a bit of credit, he, he, there will be a tactical plan with that. And I think the tactical plan is specifically to split the centre backs. So you have a genuine tree in the centre backs are quite wide, push the full backs up wide, and then have them in the middle. So I don't think he would do that without it being a clear kind of tactical plan of, of, of doing it. But yeah, it's, it's essentially. What happened? And Lundstrom's also played in a tree in the back there as well. So he played against Hibs in, in the back four as a centre back, but it happened again and again. Jack did it a little bit against Hibs and Stephen Davis came on. He did it as well as well. So it's almost turns into a tree, three or one with two fullbacks and on the sides, like a three six one or something like that, or three five two against Hibs more. So that might be a way to get around Celtic's block. And try to do that. So. Is the is the midfield? Well, this thing's going to be won and lost because you know essentially you've talked about how much they're going to pack it, and that's kind of their kind of yeah. you know how, how they want to get control. And obviously, we've got our fullbacks who kind of you know play invertedly, and we've got three. Is it just going to be like Argyle Street in there? Yeah, I think it's it's a lot of why they do this. And I, can't, I think Kent is, is, is a big part of this, is that it's creating, I guess, opportunities for transitions and counterattacks, right? And I think you, you pack out defensively because you're happy for Celtic to go down each side because, you know, it's less dangerous there. But you also do, so when Celtic tried to play into the middle, you have four, five, six guys ready to go. It's like there's there's a couple instances versus Hibs where Hibs have the ball in Celtics um, <laughs> Hibs have the balls in Rangers half. But Kent is like bang in the middle of the pitch. Like he's not tracking a winger on the left hand side. He's just staying in the middle of the pitch. As soon as Rangers wins the ball in their own half, Kent will either drop 
to get like a bounce ball and then go over, or they'll hit him and he'll try and hit one of the strikers. So it's all about having players in the middle of the pitch ready to go when you win the ball. Yeah. And on the other side, it's packing it out. So that's, that's essentially it. You know, and then it's about do you manage to tempt Celtic out so you can hit behind them? You know, that's it's a lot in terms of getting pressing up. And I think those kind of quick counters, because you know, Celtics, we talked about in the Champions League of Celtics rest defense as you call it like how is the attack how is defending players mostly set up in Celtic attack and Celtic attack in numbers sometimes and it has you can bet anything that Beal has been watching Celtic's Champions League games to go how do they attack how can we punish them if we win the ball and how you know if if like if the, one of the two, two number eights is on one side and McGregor is slightly out of position, what's the fullbacks doing and so on? And Celtic will obviously try and counter this by putting your fullbacks inside and have extra men. And then it's usually the centre backs that defend if the ball goes wide. But yeah, it's it will be one and, and lost in the middle. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, it's probably going to be some sort of winger display now. It beats five players and it's all crosses. But I, I think they're going to give up the sides and they're going to concentrate on the middle. Cool. Uh, where are we going from here? Talk me through it. Where are we going? You tell Diagonally. Me. Oh, Diagonally. Jesus. That's where we're going. I know. So the one thing that also think very rehearsed move. Celtic, um, you know, Celtic's experienced this a lot uh, against the Rangers is that it's very often Goldson who will do a big diagonal ball yeah. to the other side. It, it does a little bit against Aberdeen, but I think especially again against Ross County, you had Goldson doing it. This you had Ben Davis doing it. You also had Lundstrom doing it, and it's all the same thing. And it was, it's clearly rehearsed. So what's happening? Essentially, what Rangers are doing, they're emptying the left hand side when they're playing. So there's a couple of examples where Kent, Sakala, Arfield, Tillman—they're all on the right hand side, high up, together with Tavernier on that hand side as well. So they emptied their left hand side of players, and. At one point, you see Kent coming all the way over from his left-hand side, all the way over to the right-hand side. And you can see in the same shot, Divine on the left back. When Goldson gets the ball, he starts, right? So the whole concept is empty your left-hand side of players, pull all the Ross County players on the right-hand side. And then if it's Goldson, if it's Lundstrom, it's Davis, Divine starts and he gets a huge diagonally over ball on the left. And it's only him. And one of Ross County players on that side of the pitch. So it's a clear tactical plan. Yeah. Empty one side of the pitch, get him over, and then do a big diagonal, be one of the centre backs or one of the defensive of Lundstrom that falls. And then essentially, Divine's almost got a one against one. But what you also have then, you have lots of range of players who can run into that space because it's all empty. Kent runs over, Sakala runs over. And suddenly you have lots of space on that left hand side. Ross County's, you know, their backs are turned, they're having to run back. Because uh, you know, depending on the system, they follow the ranchers play. So that that's a clear thing that they do. They often do this. You know, they did this in the, the games against Celtic in the spring as a way of actually just getting out of the uh, of Celtic's press as well. Do di- diagonals. Yeah. So you, they might be doing this a bit further down the pitch, but it's it's a clear thing to try and you know utilize that and get the ball up the pitch. Definitely. Um. Other than that, I mean. I guess we can talk a bit about like Celtic, you know, especially on that. So how much will Rangers try and build up against the Celtic high press? So, because they went along a lot of long under, under Van Brokers to try and get kind of create that chaotic nature of the game. Now, if you look at both Aberdeen and Ross County, pressured them quite high. Yeah. Rangers struggle to get out against the high counter press. Like they really did struggle at times. And it was counter's press were good, but still the Ross County, right? <laughs> so that even when Lundstrom dropped and they had sort of like a three, four, three buildup, I, they were great uh, to kind of assist that. They, they had to go along. But it went through some of my notes from the last Ibrox game. Celtic's press were really good. They really forced Rangers to go along a lot. Yeah. And, and I think you can force these players here along as well. So, like, okay, you have to be set off to those long balls. But I think, like, this is, you know, Celtic pressing high and aggressively. 
I think is a good option here. Now you have to be able a bit clever of, you know, the press has to be good. It wasn't great in the Champions League at times. So you have to make sure you have enough players in the midfield, especially if they do stuff like Lundstrom dropping and then crowding in the middle. But at Rangers were definitely not good at trying to to get out of that press. So against, I think Celtic needs to, to just go for it, you know, do that press, you know, in terms of... um trying to get out of that. You know, as I said, we're not sure what how Rangers really is, how they're going to press. Um, but again, Celtic needs to go high and aggressive. Just have to have in Europe. I think they can really cause issues. Because, I mean, goals in the Davies aren't the best on the ball. I, I think a player like Lundstrom isn't great under pressure. Tillman as well, well, is, will get back, well, is good technically. You can pressure him to, to go back as well. So th- th- there's a lot of stuff there Celtic can do. And and I think that the same thing when Celtic do have the ball. Rangers press, as we talked about, maybe they'll do different things here, but I, I was not impressed by it at all. I mean, it, it, they had elements of that kind of 3-3 three, three press, like the, the striker and the two inverted wingers and then three midfielders behind them I think in the, the games I've seen so far and you, yeah if the ball goes wide you have Tavernier for example on the right hand side pushing up they're able to kind of they're quite good at boxing you in so if you go wide to one of your fullbacks they're quite good at then maybe swarming you and that might be one of the triggers to wait on to, to kind of pounce on but there's, there's stuff like this weird stuff like there's a situation against Aberdeen where exact same position, a uh, uh, situation where the goalkeeper goes out to scale on the left-hand side and Rangers are pressing in, in a tree with Morelos on top, Kent and Sakala on either side of it. And the first instance, the ball goes out to scale and Sakala sprints right at him, right? And tries to pressure him. You go, like, well, that's fine. Five minutes later, it's like exact same situation. Ball goes out to scale. Sakala doesn't press. And I go, that's strange because it's the exact same situation within the side, really close to each other. But you decide to do two completely different things. So is that an instruction or is he just not sure what to do? Yeah. And it's, this is, it's weird stuff like that. Like if you go back and look at Aberdeen's 2 1 goal, the front press for Rangers there is dreadful because they end up in like, they have Morelos and Sakala on top with Kent behind them instead of one on top and two behind them. So there's a big, Gap down to the midfield, couple of simple passes. Aberdeen played through in scales, got loads and loads of space down the left. I think Tillman is an issue there as well because he's his positionally is not great. So there's issues in this Rangers press. Like if they try and be aggressive and go high, and I, again you can play through them. You just have to be brave enough to play play through them because this is not like a, a premium you know Rangers press that's hard to always so hard to beat. Like I think if you stay cool and try to press, go through them, there's a lot of things you can do here, definitely. Uh, obviously, you know, as mentioned, like, you know, Beal talking about, you know, we're only actually three points behind and stuff, and, you know, they need to, you know, they need to win this game. Like, they, they need to win this game. If they lose this game and the gap gets bigger, you know, that's really not going to be, you know, what, what they need. What, what I'd ask you is someone like Morelos, right, there's a big circus around him, his his past indiscretions in these games, and he's someone who who doesn't. I don't think he presses particularly well, or you know, he's he's very he's a bit of a hothead. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that will go against the idea of picking him to start at least? I, I think if I think it's almost more if if you pick him, what's that do to the rest of the setup centrally? Really, yeah, like because he's, I mean, he's. I know it's a joke, but he's he's around. Yeah. All right. He's he's not as mobile. I mean he's 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 got a physical person. He drops deep quite a bit. It allows and I guess hips, I think it worked quite well when he and Sakala was on top because Sakala is, is a much better runner. And it kinda you then pin the centre backs a bit more. Like because if you have two strikers occupies the centre backs, and then if you have Kent coming in from the left, if you have Tillman pushing up, you have a couple of players. In front of them as well. So, but always, if you do that, you do leave more gap, right? And it's, it's. I think the the pressing, if you have a line of pressing with Tillman, Sakala, and Kent, it's not great. 
mate, it's not great, especially if you have someone like Tavernier who's, who's clearly falling off physically and you can't do the same pressing. So I think if you go with Morales, you probably leave yourself a better chance attacking-wise because what it does behind you, but it definitely gives you more issues defensively. I think, and you don't have that extra body of, say, it be a Jack or Arfil in the middle to, to kind of do that. So I think that would tell you a lot when the lineup comes, whether he, he wants to really go for us or if he wants to kind of try and not nick it, but let Celtic play and then try and get him on the counter rather than, than dominate position. Um, from our perspective, do we just do what we do. We just we just play how we play and, you know, everything yeah. will take care of itself. You need to control the ball, right? You can't get into the trap that Celtic did a little bit against in the spring of going long, going back to heart and going long. Because if you try and play out against this Rangers press, that press isn't as good as it was in the spring. I think and this Arebo's got a lot to do with that. If they go super aggressive, I think, like, great. I don't think they, they got the players or Beal hasn't been there long enough to really drill that into them. If the goals sit back a little bit more, do you have to be careful? But again, it's all about that movement they do. Like Celtic's been ticking over really, really well in terms, of, even when they don't get lots of goals, they have the movements, they have the setup, they have everything. So you you just need to not fall back to going long and, and being stressed by it. If this racist team isn't you know prime Beal pressing like they maybe have done before. They, don't have certain players that are really good in the super aggressive plus you just have to play just have to play out essentially and, and, and do that you have to avoid all the personal mistakes and all that and you, especially they will be dangerous or they will be set up to try and create a situation on the counter so you need to be have a discipline in that positioning and so on and you can't get too predictable in terms of they'll show you maybe out wide so say if it's Ralph's not right back or so on, like you still need to do the runs. You can't just rely on getting crosses and so on. But so I think that's what you need to do because this this player isn't that range. This team, right? Golson again, a long term favorite of, of the tactics guys in the cynics because he's so bad. Yeah, he still jumps out a lot, and he's so bad at jumping up and trying to get into the back of the strike and then gets rolled. Ben Davis is the same. He's 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 more of the same there. He, you can easily roll him. And Tavernier, now more than ever, he can be got at one versus one. So if you say put Jota against him, again, if, if he doesn't have the backup, you want to do that. All right. So I think there's elements of that. You just need to test these players. You need to test goals and you have to try and get him hit, uh, beat Kyogo, make him jump up, or, you know, you need to ask questions of them. Like, I think they will fold. I think Goldson and Davis got a mistake in them. I think Tavernier's got a mistake in them. You got all those kind of things, and it's uh, this, they're there to be to be had, really. Yeah, and obviously we we conceded an early goal the last time we played them at Ibrooks, but as you say, it's a very very different Rangers team. Is it a case of if we strike early and strike hard that they could completely fold? Yeah, I mean, I think as I said before. I can't see them being super aggressive. Maybe the first 10 minutes, as you say, but I, I think they will be a bit more calculated and that's the way I'll do it. So if, if you get an early goal, obviously, there'll be a restlessness, a restlessness there in terms of trying to do things. You've seen in these games so far, Bale will try and change things up. Like against Aberdeen, he makes a quadruple, quadruple sub. And what happens, he suddenly goes away from this central thing of the two fullbacks. He puts Scott Wright on and Ryan Kent stays a lot more wide as well. So suddenly you have a proper 4-2-3-1. And he's, so he's, yeah, I reckon if something's leading on this one, it'll, Bale will do something. He'll change it up, try to, to tactically, and it's, it didn't really work against Aberdeen. I think it's, they just get lucky at the end. So, yeah. So, so I think at the end, if you look at that range, just look at it, the, there's two more players I think he might be key to all of this. It's Tillman and Kent and how they use Tillman. So he is he is very good on the ball, very good on the ball, facing the right way. He can yeah. arrive in the box. He's got some nice passes. He can glide past people, but he can definitely be pressured in the build-up, especially if he's facing the wrong way and he's got someone in his back. He's he, he's not great 
you know, in, it's not, I guess, what you call press resistant. I think he's weak defensively in his pressing, in his duels. You can get past him. So that's someone, if you can compare him to who essentially has replaced, in a way, Aribo, completely different kind of player, right? And Aribo's had, Aribo's more, more of a modern footballer. Tillman is more of a, a luxury player, but defensively, he can be get at and pressing defense as well. I think the last player, the crucial player in all this is probably Ryan Kent because he is so crucial to a lot of what Rangers wants to do with his free role eh, offensively, how much he wonders, how much he supports other players, but also especially then in transitions. You know, if the balls in Rangers have Kent, I reckon he'll stay in the middle and kind of wait for a loose ball and then they'll try and pounce through, especially with the pressing as well. He's he's probably their best presser right now as well. So I think a eh, you need to keep an eye on him and you need to be aware of what he does and what he's tried to do because I think both Tillman and Kent will be crucial here to kind of winning the middle and or essentially losing the middle as well. Fantastic stuff. Um, Christian, it's been a pleasure. We're looking forward to the game massively. Any kind of final thoughts? Right, final thought is that I haven't even mentioned a single star. You know, so I mean, but that's you know, so. But what you expect, Celtic uh, Rangers is pretty much second in everything. <laughs> that, so there's nothing else. I mean, there's, they are comfortably behind Celtic now. The expected points gaps and so on isn't as big as the actual points tally. You know, it's a lot to do with Celtic converting those draws into wins, uh, wins essentially that the Rangers have in you know smashing them at home. But it's as I said at the start. I don't think. This is not like some sort of whale oil tactical machine arrangements yet. Uh, not at all yet. Uh, will that ever come on the bill? I don't know if it will return, but it's definitely not there now. They, they'll probably try a couple of things that they think will hurt Celtic. And if they execute it right and Celtic doesn't follow up, they, they could hurt him. But there's nothing in here to be more afraid than the nervousness and you know, what can happen anyway in these games. Yeah. There's, there's nothing in there that says, you know, well, you know, you really have to be on top of your game. It's just, Angel will play the same way, but that's, that's what it should do. This, this team can be, you can be got at. If you do the things you do well, if you keep doing them, if you brave under the pressure in terms of playing out, you can play through this press if you really, really can. It's not a great press at all. So, but just don't panic. Don't go back. Just don't go long too much. You know, play your game, and it's, it should most of the time take care of itself. Lovely stuff, uh, Cash and Wolf. Pleasure as always, sir. Happy New Year, and have a have a great derby, everyone.